Hello and welcome once again to the Moore and Connolly Football Show, the podcast that gives you your fix of the NFL with a little added je ne sais quoi. You have found us, hopefully, on the new RSS feed. Thank you so much for joining us. A big shout out, as always, to the Gridiron family, of which we're proud to call ourselves a part. My name is Tom Moore, talking nonsense since 1986. And joining me, as always, is the godfather of the family. It's Ollie Connolly. Ollie, how you doing? I'm doing great. And as always, when we do the show, Tom, we are now on our own RSS feed. As you said, we need people to like, rate, subscribe. And what's great about being on our own RSS feed, back on our own, out there in the world, just the two of us, is that we can do whatever we want on here. Because this is our audience. This is not people listening to Simon Clancy wax lyrical about Mike McDaniel, Ripper Park, Cliff Kingsbury, or coming to listen to Will Gavin's astute analysis about the San Francisco 49ers, or listening to Tales from the Bay on a Friday and having us dumped into their RSS feed on the Thursday. It's our people are with us here today. So now we can do whatever we want. The rains that were not there before are well and truly off. I love it, Ollie. And it makes me think that you shouldn't be complimenting all those people who were associated with Under the Gridiron Umbrella and you should instead be defaming <laughs> them in some way to make people appreciate our podcast better. You can find us, ladies and gentlemen, remember on Twitter, Ollie and I, at Ollie Connolly, at the underscore Tommy underscore more, because we want to hear from you and email us at mcfsquestions at gmail.com. We want your questions, your comments, your nonsense, your thoughts, whatever it is. Remember, we can we can be blue. He's blue, Alan. He's blue because we're on our own RSSSS. <laughs> SSS feed, aren't we, Ollie? Yeah, and you can also, a fun thing you can do that people started to do with other shows is you can email in a voice note. It used to be we'd have to give you a WhatsApp phone number. Does Irish Michael want to give out his WhatsApp phone number to people? You can just email in the voice note to that email address, and then you can be here yourself driving around on the show, and you can be as blue as you want to be our guest. You can be blue, Alan. You can be blue, or Phil, or Roger, or Sarah, whoever it is, you can be blue. On today's show, Ollie, we're going to do what we do every week, and we're going to hit the NFL headlines of next week. So what we think the headlines are going to be after this week in the NFL. Following that, we're going to get to this week's game show, which this week, Ollie, because Mike's not here, Stereo Mike, the producer, I've c- concocted my own show, <laughs> uh, which is which is called Get in the Seat. Ooh. Okay, so I'm going to give you alternating NFL-based questions and real-life questions where you have two options. And you can only throw one of those options in the sea, and you have to decide. Wow, it's like a F-marry-kill situation, but but I'm either throwing things in the sea or not. I like it. Exactly. This makes me feel a little bit like the cat's way the mice will play. This is old-school (laughs) MCFS back in the day. Yeah, it's like there's a substitute teacher, but we're the teacher. (laughs) We just have to entertain one another. I've always felt slightly like a substitute, just generally in life. Um, And then we'll round off the show after that. So, Ollie, I think it's time that we get straight into, oh, no. Remember, as always, Ollie, we don't go straight into headlines, do we? What do we have? We have story time with Tom. We do. Now, I hope that was acted well, as if I was going to go into it, but then I pulled back. Was it good, Ollie, out of 10? I bought it. I bought it. I was ready for the headlines. Oh, good. It did look like that in your face. I don't know whether you were just humoring me. Um, I've got to talk to you about something, Ollie, and I don't know whether people are experiencing this in their lives. If you work in an office environment, remote or otherwise, everyone probably has to go to the office for a certain point of time during the week. Now, we have to go for two days, Ollie, okay? I I work with this big organisation, a very big organisation. What has happened to office dress code, right? Because I am baffled, okay? Now, there are people in the office that range from very smart, which is maybe due to their seniority, I don't know if they feel like they should dress like that, to people who are wearing shorts, 
ripped denim, football shirts. I see people with caps on. And I just think there's a line, regardless of your seniority. And is this a microcosm of society, Ollie? (laughs) And it's a microcosm that I don't want. The the microcosm of society, which is I do what I want to do, and there are no rules, and no one can put any rules upon me, and I can do whatever the hell I want. I don't like that, Ollie, because that actually, it encourages uniqueness in individuality, but I think it also encourages, to a certain extent, I'm sorry to put out there, a bit of selfishness and laziness mm-hmm. and um, unprofessionalism. Ooh. I, I, what's funny is I know the organization you work for, and so that that scares me because, yeah, I regularly think this. Working at Facebook is one thing, and wearing a hoodie at Facebook is different than working in a, the company you work for and wearing shorts is, is, is a worrying practice. Ooh. You are speaking to someone who is someone who almost views themselves or goes through life as though I was born in the 40s, not not necessarily my, in my social beliefs, but in the way I carry myself. Like I wear shoes in the house because I, I, I feel like wearing socks is, is untoward. Um, I always dress uh, probably two degrees more professional than I should do, even for just going out for coffee. So um, I, I could not be more with you on this current trend of seeing people wearing uh, their, their Nike high tops in the workplace. Although having said that, we do work in media, and Nike high top is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think at least some kind of some kind of shirt situation, even if it's a cool shirt, I, that that's kind of where I'm at. Because there's 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 a level of here of um, people wanting to express their individuality, and I'm all for that. But I kind of think you can still express your individuality at work within what you wear, but not looking scruffy. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds like, oh, you're discriminating me for looking a bit. Well, that's yeah, I am because you dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And maybe I exist as well in some kind of 1940s or outdated construct ollie like you're referring to but i'm sorry there's i see some value in that ollie and i feel like it's being lost there was a guy in the office the other day okay who had like a very baggy not hawaiian shirt but he kind of you know open like light shirt you have he had the trousers that were almost like parachute pants with a floral pattern you can (laughs) you can you can already picture the type of guy i'm talking about he had pretty you know uh, inexplicable facial hair with points on it and he was making a coffee using some strange contraption which was like a cafetiere but a cafetiere invented on an alien world and he made the coffee <laughs> then cleaned the cafetiere taking it apart deconstructing it and then putting it away then going off with his coffee he literally took doing that i'd say about 40 minutes now that really <laughs> concerns guy, me, yeah this guy this guy's from some consultancy firm he's <laughs> just getting a fat fee exactly to make his coffee although he does sound like a quite smart uh well put together individual he's cleaning the cafetiere i didn't leave it for someone else to say that's someone else's job you know he seemed to do it to me the big break point is um shorts and the ripped mm. denim i uh, yeah i have a big problem with them you cannot tell me someone dressing in a well-fitted pant some kind of chino situation <laughs> it's, it's not to be taken more seriously in a meeting about let's just say for happenstance whatever world you're in the collapsing pound let's suggest if you're in that meeting and you're wearing dennis the menace socks and shorts yes i am i am concerned and I always used to dress in a shirt and tie and a suit, okay? And then that, in about 2000 and I'd say 15, became no tie. Then yeah. about 2017, 18, that became shirt and a, a trousers, but yeah. smart trousers. And then recently, in the office that I'm in, it's become smartest trousers, but a Chinese collared style shirt, open collar, um, with maybe a t-shirt underneath it, but looking relatively smart. That is as far as I will go. 
I will not <laughs> relax, Tom. Get scruffier than that, <laughs> particularly not in a working place. I mean, right now, only I've abandoned my Packers top, but I'm wearing a fantastic. If if you catch this on the video for later, this is a look at this. It's very snazzy. You know what it is? It's from the Mighty Ducks. Is that the Mighty Ducks? Yeah, man, it totally is. So I, I bought this um, to keep myself warm you during the winter months. In, in your business is wearing a football top. Now, I am a big, oh. big fan and was big into this before it became uh, part of the hipster rarity. Um, I was buying football tops from like 1980s Napoli when I was like 14. That's always been my jam. I don't often wear them. I just like to have them. I will have an AC Milan wear kit, right? That's what just what I would do as for fun. I have Ronaldinho, uh, Barcelona, all that kind of stuff. So I get there's now those are elevated in society for some reason. They are fashion now. And so you can buy a 500 pound England Beckham kit, the red one, right? And that's like fashion now. But wearing that to the workplace is a very strong statement. Beer garden in the summer, I can kind of get down with that. Um, I don't really like wearing them out the house, though. But I can just about see if someone who's cooler than me. But to your place of business, I mean, have some respect. <laughs> to your place of business. But the interesting thing there is you said you were part of the hipster arty, which no wonder you appreciated the guy making the ridiculous coffee with the stupid <laughs> trousers on if you're part of the hipster arty. I didn't want to use the H word, but you went there because he clearly was one. And this this football shirt in the office was just the local football team and a relatively recent version. Like you say, I have a Juventus uh, early 2000s Del Piero, the wow. cl real classic. Oh, mate, it's gorgeous. The one which had the, um, the red squares on the on the shoulder with, I think it was Lotto, wasn't it, or something like that, who made the kit. And it was boxed at the back around the number and the name. Fashionable, yeah? yeah. That's it. I'm not. I'm not going around in in a Notts County shirt, am I? That's the old way. Twenty seventeen, just just for vibes. Oh well, yeah, well Notts County, top of the league, man. We are absolutely bossing it. Won six one away at Weldstone yesterday. Oh. Anyway, Ollie, let's leave that there. Let's get ourselves to the headlines. Okay, Ollie. So headlines, as always, this is where we dive into what we think the headlines are going to be next week in the press relating to the NFL and the week of the games that have just gone by. Go on. Just in case we have new listeners because we're on the RSS feed, just to, so that we are crystal clear on what we're doing here, we're trying to predict what the Monday morning headlines will be. It's a little bit of let's try and preview these games in a more interesting way. We don't do previews necessarily. So when we wake up on Monday morning, what will the top four, five, six headlines be? That's what we're trying to come up with. It's like you don't give the listeners enough credit. It's it's like you've just like taken the production notes and handed them to right. Do you understand <laughs> what we are doing? We are playing a game whereby we think about what could happen i'm just thinking of the, the one listener who you know they're just working away tom grinding scratching fighting chlorine they got to drive from one job to another job maybe they deliver parcels and just for those three seconds they zoned out and they wake up and they think wait a second what happened this week and they think <laughs> it's some kind of review of last week and they think they've fallen into the future if they so doubted that, then they must have thought they were on crystal meth in that first part of the conversation <laughs> about flowery pants and coffee makers. Anyway, um, right, Ollie. Now, usually, I've actually been raising my game in terms of the headlines, Ollie, but I can see on the production notes yours this week are on another level. You are on a heater, my friend. So I want you to start this week with your first headline prediction. My first one is Dehover and Out. The Broncos leave Nathaniel Hackett in London. The NFL's answer to Homer Simpson after crashing and burning against the Jacks. 
Oh wow, they leave him in London, Ollie. Now that is that's cold. I mean, I've heard some some bad stuff in the NFL and bodies buried in different places, but leaving some mofo in London seems a bit outrageous. What do you think is going to go down? Because our own Mikey Mike's obviously going to be there. The Beanie Baby, are you going to be there, Ollie? I will be there. Yeah, I'll be seeing uh, Nathaniel in person. Um, slightly concerned if he's read any of the columns. <laughs> could be could be problematic. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Take him. Back. Take him for for a pint. Is it Wembley or Tottenham? It's at Wembley. I'll take it for a pint down. Don't take it for a pint near Wembley. It's a nightmare to get out of. Ollie, what's going to happen in this game? Well, we're still to see whether Russell Wilson starts or Brett Ripien starts. I, I think that Wilson will start. And obviously the huge concern is that that offense just looks fundamentally broken, that they are not compatible pieces having Russell Wilson with Nathaniel Hackett. It just does not work. Ideology to, to skill set of the quarterback. And now you've got all these concerns with Jerry Judy and the dynamic between him and Russell Wilson and Judy wanting to be to be traded before the, the deadline next Tuesday. Um, concerns with injuries along the offensive line. And the Denver defense has actually been unbelievable. It's second in the league in EPA per play. They have been as good as you can possibly be. And they keep losing these low-scoring, one-score games against crappy teams like the Jets because Russell Wilson just cannot move the ball. And it is as simple as, I know they're now saying he's had the injury and maybe it's been a while, but the issues with him have not always been a velocity on the ball, which would be the issue with the injury, right? It's that he just doesn't move the same way he did before movement and unexpected movement was such a huge part of his skill set that he would make magic out of nothing because he could move quicker than everyone, was more imaginative in his movement than everyone. And that side of his game has just completely evaporated and he's not raise any of the parts of his skills to cover up that such fundamental area of his game particularly as i always say throwing in the middle of the field and just throwing from the pocket in general he's been wildly wildly inaccurate all season long even if things are open so that's a major concern as good as i think that denver defense is jags defensive front is excellent and trevor lawrence and doug peterson though they haven't put the wins on the board this year they have been really in their bag for the last few weeks the points haven't necessarily been there but they are moving the ball pretty efficiently their skill position players have been better than expected lawrence has been pretty fantastic for most of this season i just think they're a, they're a better uh, more well-rounded team I think they're trending in the right direction, Ollie. I'm definitely all for the Jags in this one. Uh, and generally, looking into the future, love a bit of the Jags. But tell me, Ollie, Nathaniel Hackett, yeah. we're coming out of this. I'm not going to call it Matt Lafleur coaching tree, okay? What I'm going to say is I'm going to call it, he comes out of this Aaron Rodgers ecosystem, yeah. right? Let's call it that. He's not the first one who has, in inverted commas, failed, okay? We all remember Ben McAdoo. The dancing man. Um, <laughs> what? Well, what, what is? Is there something fraudulent about the coaching staff that come out from under uh, the Rogers? It, it's a really hard one because with Nathaniel Hackett, I did some reporting on this when Hackett got hired because everyone in the league was kind of laughing at the idea of Nathaniel Hackett being in consideration for head coaching jobs last season. I I do this list every year where I try and figure out who are going to be the top head coaching candidates going into the offseason. You get those weird ones like a David Cully where maybe people in the league are already because of uh, recruiting services that do all the background checks for head coaches that they kind of have the list ready to go of who they already know as at the top of some owners lists that the general public and the, the normal media might not necessarily know. Um, and Hackett was laughed at uh, primarily because anywhere he'd been other than stood next to Aaron Rodgers had been a failure. And the only time he was handed the keys to run an offense was a complete disaster in Jacksonville. And he was fired midway through the season because it was that bad. And when you spoke to anyone in Green Bay, the general sense there was all kind of the philosophy and the general scheme design of that system, which was kind of the hook with Hackett, right? It was 
Can he bring that Lafleur scheme with him to Denver? And then as part of that package deal, will he bring Rodgers with him? Because Rodgers is his friend, basically, right? They mm-hmm. signed Hackett to get Rodgers. And then, uh-oh, Rodgers re-upped in Green Bay. Okay, let's go get Russell Wilson. And that offensive ideology is completely incompatible with Russell Wilson anyway. But when you spoke to people in Green Bay, the idea was that Hackett did not do any of the big pictures. Of that was all a flaw. And then Hackett was kind of the nuts and bolts day-to-day. How do we build out the kind of training program to get to point B, right? Here's point A. We want to install this. We want to get to here by week three. And Hack had to figure that stuff out. And that is really, really valuable to have a day-to-day coach. Um, I don't think that works so well when you're the head coach of the franchise and you have a lot on your plate. And what you really have to do is kind of set the general direction of what do I want this offense to look like? What do we have to be doing week to week? You can hire people to install what is the footwork pattern in our quick game, right? And that's where Hackett was basically doing most of his work. He was not doing the on here's the six concepts I want on third and medium to attack uh, the way the Texans rotate when they're in cover three. That's not what he was doing. Um, So that to me is the the big issue there. Um, And then there's just the general, to be polite, like bozo-ness of his (laughs) game management and all the penalties and all that stuff. And the staff he hired, that is a a massively naive move to hire people who are your friends and who are extremely talented because the defense has been out of its mind good, but it remains naive to hire everyone as a first-time person in the job. People who've never called plays, never run a meeting room, right? This is this just a different gig. You've moved jobs before, right? It's really hard. You spend the first... <laughs> I was going to say, am I the exception that proves the rule <laughs> yeah. in terms of you getting me to do the podcast? <laughs> when you move to a new job, like those first few weeks, so you're just figuring out systems of process, what do they do? You kind of like, you're not necessarily all the way in. Now, some people are arrogant enough to walk in a room and say, this is how it's going, the, the Dan Campbells of the world. But I think you can have a few of those people in a building, but you need other people who just kind of understand what the job is. And maybe they're not the most talented in terms of like the general schematics of stuff but they can stumble you through that first year until you 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 find your feet and you go and figure that stuff out further down the line so just some some really naive mistakes from and then he just isn't kind of a big picture offensive architect philosopher type guy which i think is what they thought they were getting and they thought that would attract rogers and then obviously that didn't happen totally mate let's move on i've got my first one i've really let us down in terms of the headlines here but here we go vikings for real question mark a victory over the cards moves Minnesota to six and one. Are they a force in the topsy turvy NFC? So less of a headline, Ollie, mm-hmm. and more of a series of questions. Yeah. But I truly, I truly believe the Vikings are going to win this at home and move to six and one. Their lead will stretch over Green Bay. I think they're going to stroll into the playoffs relatively easy, easily this season, and they will at least have one home game in those playoffs. Yeah. How seriously do we have to consider Minnesota at this point in time? Because they have those pieces. They've got dynamic playmakers on offense. Ollie, there are there are elements here which mean that Minnesota, particularly with the demise of Green Bay, could see themselves having a nice postseason run. I agree with you. I mean, if you, I was just writing a piece today about trying to figure out is anyone in the NFC after the Eagles good. And trying to figure out who is the second best team in the NFC, you run into, okay, the Dallas defensive front is probably the best single unit. And if Dak Prescott is healthy and the receiving core is healthy, which are giant, giant ifs given the, the last few years with those guys, me, it's probably them. Then after that, will the Packers ever figure it out? Probably not. Will Brady and the Bucks figure it out? That team looks broken right outside of him. The 45-year-old's the only decent thing. Then there's the Giants where everything about underlying about the Giants we spoke about last week 
is bad football, and yet they keep winning games. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out who is the second best team. The, the most clear-cut, obvious one, there's the Niners, obviously, and then you have the giant question mark of, again, health. They are the most injured team in the NFL at the moment, plus Garoppolo and just the trustworthy factor, and we've seen exposed the last two weeks, his flaws. So then the Niners would maybe be your second best team. After that, it really is the Vikings because they are average at everything. You go through any advanced metric you want to, and they are average. The places they are really good is Kirk Cousins is playing very well again. They have, as you said, as dynamic a receiving core as you have anywhere in the NFC and probably in the NFL. Their offensive line is playing very, very well, which has been unusual for them. And then defensively, they're very average, and schematically, they're very bland and stale, and I think they jumped onto that style of defense a year too late for how the league has already caught up to elements of it, but they're uber, uber athletic. And in the postseason, when all you really need is two turnovers a game to win, and if Kirk Cousins doesn't shit his pants, frankly, then why would they not be the second best team in the NFC? Like the Eagles are a freight train. They are the best at everything in that conference, essentially. But the the Vikings are average to above average at every single thing they do. And they have a couple of very good pieces, which is a dominant wide receiver and a pretty good offensive line. And that in that conference is as good as it gets, really. It's enough to get yourself a shot at the title game. And therefore, if you've got a title, if you're in the title game, you've got a shot. End yep. of story. Um, Ollie, let's go to your next headline. A broken Ramley. That, that deserves to be in the Louvre, Ollie. It's that good. Tell me about <laughs> this one. I have the Niners clubbing the Rams offense at least uh, this week. I think that people are going to start maybe casting aspersions on the Niners defense in part because of the health and in part because of what Andy Reid and the Chiefs did to them last week where they just drove up and down the field, right? It looked pretty straightforward for them, just pasted them in the red zone. The Chiefs did some very specific stuff that very few teams in the league can replicate just because of the sheer speed they have on the field and how horizontal their offense is and most, most offenses aren't as horizontal as they are. And the Rams just have absolutely no chance of replicating that. They have one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL right now, 30th in EPA per play. On offense, they do not have a guy who can move and create outside of the structural by himself, and the rest of the receiving core outside of Cooper Cup has looked pretty broken for most of the season too. Unless they acquire someone at the deadline, unless they go and get Jerry Judy, unless they can get back in the Odell sweepstakes, though Odell doesn't look like he's returning now until December, that offense is just a mess because you cannot fix the offensive line with personnel in the season. Those guys aren't talented enough and now hurt. And the only way they can correct it because their guy can't move at quarterback is to spread everything out to play point guard football, pitch and catch spread stuff, which they did last season. But last season they had Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham. You couldn't double both of them. And that was how they won the title game. It was can Stafford hit three throws a game from those spread formations. He hits the freakazoid one right in the Super Bowl. He hit the giant beater to, to beat the, the stupid blitz against the Bucks. And that was all she wrote. <laughs> that was how they won the title. They just don't have those pieces this year. It's strange, isn't it, how a team can fall apart so quickly, Ollie? It is, I, I do find it rather odd. Um, what about the Niners? How are they dealing with all of the kind of setbacks they've had from a personnel perspective perspective but also then how are they going to bring in cmc is it going to be a quick integration i mean what are we thinking it seems i found it very very funny last week on the commentary and they're not kind of like the online uh, discussion i didn't use the uh the word that you enjoy there uh about the uh what's, what sounds like a chinese privy council or whatever it is the uh -oh. one that I use. <laughs> do you remember it you're looking no I, I, what's it oh what's the word discussion amongst the commentary app? That's the one, yeah. <laughs> um, 
about how extraordinary it was that Christian McCaffrey was understanding football players and people were kind of falling over themselves with glee about this story that, you know, he asked for the playbook on the flight to the stadium. Or <laughs> and it's like, it's not that hard for someone who's played as much football as he has to get into the huddle and then to go, hey, by the way, we call this, you know, uh, whatever the play call is. I was just going to give you one there that would bore everyone, but it's counter. And then he reads like, oh, yeah, cool, it's counter. Okay, this is this is power. Oh, thank, thank you very much. We're running inside zone now. Like, he only needs nine, ten words, and then he can just run the football. He's Christy McCaffrey. Um, over time, the things they can do with him, the the, the flexibility of having him and Debo, and who's going to be the receiver, who's going to be the running back. They can both be receivers. They can both be running backs. It is kind of sky's the limit type stuff with, with their personnel, plus Kittle, plus use check. The formational diversity is off the scale, and that's – how you kind of win in the playoffs at the moment is being able to get to any part of your playbook from any formation, running the ball, throwing the ball. So that's the really exciting thing for them. Their biggest issues are now defend one Garoppolo, obviously, but then defensively just kind of the injuries. And we'll have to wait and see over the next couple of weeks who gets healthy. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it works out with the Niners, but I definitely see them beating the Rams in this one. As you say, the Rams just aren't the same team anymore. Right, my second, Ollie, and then we've got one more each after this, because we usually do six. That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Titans of the South? I realise I'm asking a lot of questions here, Ollie. Um, <laughs> yeah, Titans of the South. Tennessee defeat Houston's to extend Houston's. <laughs> those Houston's to extend leading AFC South. Are they back, Ollie? That's the question that I'm asking. And I suppose we're almost at a bit of a pivotal point in the season where we can start asking questions are, are teams for real? <laughs> are other teams My completely broken? All that kind of jazz that people ask. But there's a genuine thing here. The Titans have got the opportunity, just as I was referring to there with the Vikings, to extend their lead in their division in the AFC South and really be nailed on for the playoffs, get themselves a home game, move on from there. Ollie, do you think, though, that they have the capability of putting a bit of a run together when we set, start to get towards the uh, the dance. I think we're right in the, the classic Titan zone again, where they're going to get themselves through the AFC South once more and then not quite have the talent to hang when they go up against a high-level quarterback in the postseason. And this is vintage Mike Vrabel. This is what Mike Vrabel does is he is the ultimate mid-season adjuster, not given anywhere near enough credit for what a chess player he is, both in-game and throughout the season. Considered one of these rah-rah guys because he's a big guy and a player's coach and all that stuff. But he's just the absolute master of shaving his team where it's needed, adding extra stuff where it's needed throughout the season in terms of scheme and X's and O's and that kind of thing. What they have, once again, is you get these weird flashes with Derek Henry where he doesn't have good games but he has two monster classic Derek Henry runs I don't think we'll ever see the Derek Henry again off the foot injury but you still get to see three snapshots of it a game which for at least this year is is enough and then they might have the best interior defensive line in all of football right now Chris Jones with the Chiefs is, is playing out of his mind those Niners guys are great obviously that the Rams are always great because they got Aaron Donald but the, they play basically with three of them inside and all three of them are complete monsters and having monster seasons and as everyone knows interior pass rush is the one thing you cannot avoid in the nfl no matter how escapable you are no matter if you're mahomes or kyla murray does not matter if the whole interior of the pocket collapses and it's three of them there's there's nowhere to flee particularly when you're playing guys like matt ryan who has no escapability so those two things together 
Honestly, in that AFC South, if you say to me in the AFC South, we have one unit, cornerback room, tight ends, I don't care, and it's one of the three best at its position in all of football, that in that division is probably enough to get you pretty damn close. And for it to be that specific group, interior defensive line, is, is kind of a cheat code in that division. Love it, Ollie. Now, one more headline each. Let's hit it and quit it, because after this, I want to get to some game show love. Uh, what the hell am I talking about? Ollie, what's your next headline? Are two are kidding me? <laughs> is two are kidding me? Go on then. What you got? What, I mean, what's going to happen these with these? These are unbelievable. Come on now. No, I, okay, right. I give it you. Okay, hands hands down, hands down. Your headlines this week have raised the game, and I will try and up the ante next week. <laughs> In fact, I, I will just think about headlines rather than things that might actually happen, and then just base my predictions on that. <laughs> so they'll be completely off the wall. Ollie, are two are kidding me? I think the Dolphins are going to drop 45 on the Lions' head this week. And I, I, I wanted to do more. And I almost want to try and find some kind of prop bet. And I don't even gamble on what are like the all-time records for one offense just destroying uh, a defense. Can I get some kind of number of first down situation, some point situation, some total yardage situation? I would be on absolutely everything for that offense as explosive as it is, and as well as Tua's played and the difference in that offense when Tua's been out to when Tua has returned versus a Lions defense that is already historically bad, has not shown really much signs of getting any better. They've got better statistically, and people keep pointing to that. If you watch them play, they still make 9 to 10 mental errors per game, and that's just not going to work when you're trying to catch up to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. If you make a mental error, those guys house it. It's that simple. And the big concern for me with the Lions, and I went on this rant on the pick show that'll be out on Friday on the Gridiron Show feed, so I won't go into it too much, but there's all this love now around Aiden Hutchinson as though he's having a great year because he shows up on Red Zone once a week, and all of that stuff is basically bullshit, schemed up pressure, and Aiden Hutchinson's playing pretty average to not very well, and they need him, having been drafted second overall, to be a super-duper star, and it's unfair to him as a rookie to build the construct that says, if you're not special out the gate our defense is historically bad but that's kind of where they box themselves into if they don't get pressure they get roasted their defensive backs aren't good enough their linebackers are the worst in the nfl they need him to be out of his mind good and what he's basically doing is having two good plays a game he's only got 10 pressures as i said all season five sacks though because he's getting some schemed up results that's just not sustainable over the course. You have to be able to be a dip and rip, get off and go, one-on-one -on -one destroyer off the edge. And that's the thing they need because the rest of the defense is, is awful um, and they just don't have it. It's a shame, really, because there was so much hope for Hutchinson as well. I think, yeah, giving him time, Ollie, and, and giving a few more talented players on this team and maybe, you know, in his in his actual position group and then maybe he'll get his opportunities. Um Ollie, my final headline, I had to end it this way because there's no other thing to talk about other than the demise of the Packers at the moment, in my mind. Bills send them packing. Bills drop a 40-burger on the Packers and hold Green Bay to under 14. I want to say under 10 as well, but I'll just say 14 and be generous. Ollie, this is not fixable, right? And mm -hmm. if you'll allow me to play Brian Gutekunst for a second, it's... can I put it on a German accent? Should I do that? He probably not, but okay. okay. <laughs> well, I could do. I'd, I'd say... No, 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 I no that was very hello, hello. Let's <laughs> not do that. <laughs> no, no, that's the French guy. Anyway, um, Brian Gutekunst, yeah. why would I trade away picks now for a wide receiver to help in this scenario? when it's totally broken and there's a potential that Rogers might get to the end of the year and go, you know what, I'm going to jack it in yeah. and uh, I'll get some money off the cap there. Or 
they go and draft someone or sort it out in the offseason in some way for agency or whatever, Ollie. I do not, I do not see any logic right now, given the direction of travel, of trying to salvage this season. Don't make any sense to me. Interesting. Well, see, I do. I think that if you're in a, a championship or bus situation, which they've boxed themselves into now for the next three years by way of those contracts they handed out and certainly bringing him back. And I get, I mean, he he might retire the day after you trade for someone. You know, he's that kind of guy, and that's the problem. I do think that report saying they would only trade for someone on a rookie deal so they felt there was some kind of value still in it so they would almost overpay with a second high-end draft pick for a guy still in a rookie deal to get two years or one year of okayness then you can work out the contract long term that to me makes sense there isn't really anyone top of the market you could get right now not on a rookie deal obviously people are talking about the carolina guys anderson already went um so that may you know if you drop jerry judy in there I still think so much of the issues are trust-based and maybe this guy being, um, you know, so in his own head, if you drop Jerry Judy in there and he just decides he likes Jerry Judy and the atmosphere in the building's better and he trusts him, then he throws the ball to him, which has been a big issue with Romeo Dobbs, obviously, who apparently is always in the wrong spot, according to Aaron Rodgers, which is deeply concerning. Um, then maybe that does completely transform the thing. I don't know. That that doesn't usually happen with offenses in the NFL. You're not usually a wide receiver way. That's like a kid playing Madden. Um, but what you're working with right now is someone who acts like a child. So maybe going down the kid playing Madden route and just trading for a wide receiver would help things. I, I don't know. I don't think it's fixable, Ollie. I don't want. I, I, I don't want to see us trade for anyone. I want to see us catastrophically crash and burn. Now you wrote there that it would be a 40 burger i mean you are going up against the dominant team in the nfl best or second best offense in the nfl by epa per play third best defense or no best defense in the nfl i think by epa per play first or third just totally dominant both sides of the ball they're off a bye you wrote 40 burger you seem to be almost like so annoyed with the team you're happy for him particularly to like get his face rubbed in the mud for some like be brought down a peg or two it seems like yeah will it still hurt if they get housed by 40 points no it will not hurt at all i said this last week ollie i'm fully now completely i've been a Notts county fan for my whole life i am okay with failure all right i, I, I know how to deal with it and, and embrace it and and sometimes there is there is a point here is where we need a dose of reality and i think somebody completely wiping the floor with us would be possibly a catalyst for something what is that is it a trade is it rogers retiring is it rogers having some kind of ramp that results in the dressing room completely falling apart and and i don't know can, so it, can it can it get any worse than going on a podcast and basically eviscerating every single soul in the building not named aaron rogers like the guy just like that's what he did in the mirror it was like baffling i get i'm the honest guy i'm the truth teller i'm the free thinker He's been on there now and shit on Matt LaFleur by saying we need to simplify the offense. Um, he took more shots to the design of the offense, which was strange. He said they were making like, what, 50 mental errors a game. He specifically called out Romeo Dobbs, who's a rookie and hasn't been in the NFL. And hey, man, you built in all these deep breaking option rounds. We discussed that last week, right? Yeah. If you're playing attack grass football, sometimes he's going to attack the grass. You're not looking at that's 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 the offense. They built a structure for him. The whole building was built for him. It's it's so bizarre. Yes, it's like he still feels aggrieved that they drafted Jordan Love, and so he carries his baggage with him all the time, and he'll light all these people up time and time. Every other move they've done, every other decision they've made has been about him, other than that one. It's like, man, just let it go. 
He's not going to, though, Ollie. <laughs> if you think that man's going to let it go, you are very much mistaken. <laughs> right, Ollie, let's move on. Let's get away from all that serious talk and do some game show. So the game show of the week this week, Ollie, it's not one that is based upon something that's on the television, which is what we usually do. If you're on the RSS feed, check out our previous shows. We take game shows from TV and we give them an NFL slant and we play them. But because we have no producer this week, no production you know, credits at all, no style, no elan, okay? <laughs> it's just you and me talking nonsense, which is actually back is how it used to be for the longest of times, Ollie. But we're going to do... Uh, a little game that I've concocted, 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 <laughs> called <Brilliant. laughs> Yeah, get in the sea. Are you ready to play get in the sea, Ollie? I am. I enjoy this. This is like when an artist gets like their seventh album, they go like stripped down to acoustic after playing Stadium Rock. There's, there's no, there's no stereo mic. There's no fanfare. There's no sound effects. It's just me and you modulating our voices to, to bring effects to the audience. That's what we do. We go down and then we go up and then the people are excited. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and give Ollie a choice of two different things. And he has to decide which one he wants to get in the sea. One's going to be an NFL and then we're going to do just a general life one. And we've got six, Ollie. So NFL general, NFL general, NFL general. And then we'll come to an end. Okay, let's do it. Now, here we go. So the first one, NFL-related question. Get in the sea. Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Who do you think needs to get in the sea? Now, which which period of Tom Brady is this? Is this facial surgery one, three, facial surgery five? Which one? We're talking live right now. Knowing what we know about the world, now you could take this from a human angle. You yeah. could take this from an NFL quarterback angle. You could think of all of the above and make a decision, Ollie. But basically, you've got to throw one into the sea. Now, Tom Brady is the last holdout of like my childlike love of sports, mm. where I refuse to even engage with the discourse when I see New York Post articles that he's texting Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. I just say, nope, and I close my laptop down, and I say, he threw touchdown passes to Michael Owenawanui, and that's all I care about. Everyone else, yes, I will judge you very strong for your off-the-field life. Tom Brady, nope, I refuse to look under those rocks. So uh, I will gladly throw Aaron Rodgers overboard and into the sea, and I'll keep my Tommy on my side. You know, it's fantastic, Ollie, because I feel that I used to feel that way about Aaron Rodgers. I was a bit la la la. I'm not listening. Yeah, he seems like he's a bit of an ass, but he's still he's my ass. He's Aaron Rodgers, but he's crossed the line, Ollie. And I am going to concur with you and say that out of those two, it is Aaron Rodgers that we're telling. Get in the sea. Now, this is interesting, just quickly, because you are obviously a huge Packers fan. As we showed on the last week's show, you can just, like, rip off the names of the starting defense from whatever whatever year Michael wants to ask you to do. And at the start of the season, after we went through all the COVID era of Rodgers, where we were, we were both, like, pretty sickened by the way he treated that whole thing, you came back on side when he came back with the kind of bleep you attitude, and he was kind of being fun again an interesting Rodgers rather than arsehole Rodgers. And I was also kind of back, and he had kind of that swaggering charm back. Um, it seems to have dissipated for you, certainly, in the, in the last fortnight, three weeks. It's quite funny, Ollie. I completely agree with you. He'd lost everyone, and then I think he got people back again with that, yeah, F you world, I don't care, and I'm just going to be who I am. And we thought, he signed an extension now, it's back, it's Rodgers and the Packers. We're, it's going to be like it always was, Ollie. And it's so spectacularly gone south <laughs> that it it almost defies belief because he got people back on side. 
He's thrown himself in the sea, Ollie. Yeah, yeah, he's thrown himself in the sea. Right, okay. Let's move on to our next one. This is a general world one, Ollie. Now, who do you think should get in the sea? I love this because both of these things really annoy me. People who in public have phone calls on speakerphone or people in public who listen to music on their phones on speaker. Who should get in the sea? This is this is probably the hardest conundrum of all. Um I have a physical aversion to the point of wanting to throw up at the new crop of people I see. And they are, they span all ages and all demographics who, for some reason, feel it is appropriate to do a FaceTime on like a tram. Ooh. Uh, not only do I not want to hear your phone call, I don't want to, I don't want to see your other half cooking whilst you discuss nonsense that you're not interesting to anyone. What if they, particularly if it's like on speaker, what if they were doing it, but they were on their headphones and you couldn't hear the other half of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, I'm not including that. That's okay. That doesn't yeah. Count. That, yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. Some people have to do sign language. I'm not going to say you can't FaceTime. No, that, yeah. I'm <laughs> about speaking out loud on FaceTime. It somehow is doubly insulting. Now, still, still, the most obnoxious one is the male, usually with a southern accent in England, who thinks he's far more important than he is. And yeah, 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 on the phone. <laughs> he remains the worst of all the humans. And so I will be throwing the Bluetooth wearing southern male over 40 into the sea. But hang on, is that person just on Bluetooth and you can hear their half of the conversation or are they on speaker? They are. Oh, that's a good point. So that's, not, that's not what I'm asking. Okay. I'm asking people. Well, I would like a third or... category with a new. No, 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 no. Right. We'll chuck that bloke in the sea anyway. <laughs> I want you to choose between people that have speakerphone either for phone calls or they're listening to music on speaker. You know, like, you know, the Larry lads that sit at the back of the bus and have their music on, not on headphones, but yeah. which they definitely have with them because they all do, but on speakerphone as if yeah. they're just obnoxiously trying to say, yeah, and you're going to listen to my music too. Look how cool I am. It's the same as people oh, being where, on the phone. Where I live, there's currently an epidemic of people who just walk down the street playing their music almost like you know when people used to walk with a boom box but mm -hmm. it's just like it's not like groups of like four lads wearing hoodies it's like just a lad going to the shop but he's just wearing he's just playing music out loud rather than headphones that one irritates me um i i way prefer the speakerphone phone call if i can hear both sides now i'm making value judgments now i'm on the tram having a great time i can't wait to get home to go to rachel let's discuss this they were having this argument or they were having this discussion what side do you fall down and I, i'm all into that kind of like gossiping about their lives either in my mind or with other people after the fact the music is just infuriating it's never anything good i only listen to like 60s music i listen to the beatles and the stones and that's all i do some bob dylan if i'm feeling frisky so it, it's never it's never my tunes when when they're playing them out loud in the bus or something so the music speaker listener you are going into the sea ollie back to the nfl now this is an interesting one because it harps back to days of of seattle seahawks were very very um entertaining and some of them we enjoyed some of them we didn't and some of them are still in the nfl and some of them aren't um ollie who needs to get in the sea russell wilson or richard sherman the easiest one of all time is Russell Wilson. It's, Russell oh, Wilson. it's not uh, even close, is it? Not even close. Did you see this report from Zach Stevens of the Denver Post today? I did not hit me with it. This is this is his tweet. Okay, I'm just going to read this tweet to you. I'm going to read it straight, and I'll let you just react to this with all the biases and everything you already know about who Russell Wilson is. Okay, Zach Stevens, Denver Post, at Zach Stevens. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson worked out and stretched for four hours of the eight-hour flight from Denver to London, said he was doing high knees in the aisle when the rest of the guys were asleep. Oh, my life. This guy. 
Does he have any self-awareness? <laughs> he can't possibly. He can't um... possibly. He might just be the general winner of Get In The Sea. If anything or any person needs to get in the sea right now, it, it needs to be Russell Wilson off the back of this season. What's so strange about it is it's such a cultivated, like, persona. But for who? It, Does it, he realise that everybody hates that persona? So Because it's so clearly inauthentic. And I wouldn't normally say that about someone I don't know, but when you see every single, like... 80 people per week, almost like the number of people who resigned from a Tory cabinet per day, coming yeah. out on Twitter, ex York saying, yeah, this guy's full of shit. This guy's full of Constantly, they so dislike him. And it's this cultivated personality. So clearly, when you look at like who he works for and stuff, Subway and these kind of big brands in, in the US, it's like they want to get into middle America. Like he's the acceptable middle America, like he's the dad who has the beer, mows the lawn type vibe. When one, he's not like that anyway in the fake personality. And it's like, who wants to buy things from that weird personality who is it for it's so strange i refuse to go to subway because of it and my next door neighbor just recently purchased a mower that is one of the push mowers it really works well anyway <laughs> let's move on next one non-nfl related this is a good one as well ollie because both these things annoy me who needs to get into the seat People who aren't ready when they get to the front of the queue to make an order or payment, whatever it is, they're not prepared. They're not ready to do it. Or people who have no spatial awareness in public and just get in your way and then walk in your way even more. Yeah. Who needs to go? The people who don't know what to do when they're at the front of the queue or the people with no spatial awareness? Very, very difficult one. I live in a city, um, so the no spatial awareness one is is a, is a more of a bugbear, I'd say, on a day-to-day -day basis when you're trying to move at haste through a town center and people just are stood there. It's like, hey man, this is a, a walking part of the city, please. And there's just a wall of people. That's very frustrating. Um, but still, still, um, you know, there's, I think it's become a, a, anachronistic, the idea of the British liking to queue. I think we are good queuers where we're not frustrated by the queue necessarily. Like we can do it okay, but nothing is more infuriating than getting to the front of the queue and the person not being prepared correct answer there is there is no excuse for it ollie i literally sometimes feel like and i'm a very humanistic person i wouldn't hurt a fly ollie but i feel like with people like that i should be allowed to shoot them in the face i think the cashier should have some kind of lever and there should be a trap door and they go to the back of the queue if you are not prepared some kind of system they fall through the trap door they go through the chute and they land back at the back of the queue how hard is that next i mean come on <laughs> You get timed out. You get timed out. Uh, uh, sorry, you took too long to the back of the queue. And I think that would make people learn. They've got to learn, Ollie. They've got to learn. Got to learn. Right. Four more to go. Two NFL, two real world. Uh, obviously, and by real world, I mean what's going on in my head. <laughs> NFL, Ollie. Hmm? Wembley or Tottenham? Which, oh. as the host stadium, needs to get in the sea? Uh, tough only in the sense that Tottenham is so clearly the right choice. The, the atmosphere for that Packers game was unbelievable. It's, it's obviously a better stadium. Wembley is kind of a sham product built to siphon cash to certain building companies through the Football Association. We don't have to get into all of that, but you know that all happened there. It, it's not, it doesn't even feel like a split. It's the most soulless, hollow arena I've ever been in my life. It's supposed to be the National Stadium. It's really strange. Um, I'll, I'll give a little caveat only because I have to go there on Sunday. I don't want anyone <laughs> who works there to have heard this and deny me entry. Well, well uh, it, it, it achieves being big. That's what it achieves. Yes, good. And, and every seat is a good seat in Wembley. No, but every, it's, you are a long way from the action, but you feel like you're there. Tottenham, you feel like you're on top. 
but and it's fantastic. But I think Wembley is soulless. It represents something that I think a lot of people find reprehensible, and it is not. It does not effectively deliver the national stadium experience and the gravitas of that. But as a stadium, it's a bit soulless, but it's still it's still all right. I I, I think it's it's possibly the worst stadium I've ever been in in my life. Oh uh, god, that's from a entire bullshit. game day experience, the you know the, the concept of Wembley Way being that like a dad and lad would go with the shoulders on you know with him on his shoulders and they would see by more and it ends up just being this this sheep pen of herding people to mm. from spot. It's just the whole environment is the whole environment is oddly like antagonistic to you for liking sports and the whole thing was built to host sports it's 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 a very very strange place did you ever go to the old Wembley no I did not I did I went to see Notts County there in an Anglo-Italian cup final I think it was against Brescia and we lost legendary was Pep Guardiola playing for that Brescia team he might have been he may have been. I think it I was Brescia. I think Pep Guardiola was playing for that Brescia team. We won one and then we lost one. I know I went to the one that we lost. Anyway, <laughs> so I, I feel like Wembley's getting in the seat. Yes, yes. When, Wembley over to. any other professional sports stadium I've been in. I mean, I've, I go to the Etihad regularly and that's a soulless pit of human despair. And it's got, you know, uh, mounds more of soul than, uh, than Wembley. Come down to Meadow Lane, my friend. Come down to Meadow Lane and watch the mighty Notts County take the National League title this year. Um, okay, right. Let's do this one quickly and then and then get through to the next one. Cyclists who ignore the traffic laws when operating on the road um, or pedestrians who cross on red and continue to walk slowly even though you're about to knock them over? Uh, uh, cyclists more annoy me when they do not take the cycle lane oh yeah oh that's and, and that's unforgivable and in nottingham there are loads of cycle lanes and i don't know do they have the lime scooters in nottingham they do yeah lime scooter is a disease on our country and we must remove the lime scooter <laughs> that would be my <laughs> platform get they need to get in the sea uh, when i stand in salford north as an independent my, my number one go-to thing will be let's remove the lime scooters these people they, they are riding uh hellacious speeds on the pavement, ignore, not using the cycle lane when they're basically driving a car on the pavement. You have to give your driving license to register. I mean, I don't think people understand the idea that this is actually a vehicle and they <laughs> cannot just duck on and off the pavement and yep. onto the road as they wish. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're, and we're... and it, it does do my nutting when Mr. Lycra Cyclist, I've spent £5,000 on my outfit and my bike, does <laughs> not go down the cycle lane and refuses to and, and rides down the middle of the, middle of the road. It, it drives me nuts. All right, what's next? Yeah, good point. Um, NFL. Okay, last NFL one. Soft referee calls, pass interference, things like that, or players asking for flags. What needs to get in the seat? Uh, I think that's a tough one. Soft. I, I cannot handle the the roughing the passer stuff. It really. Oh yeah. Do yeah. my nothing. Um, so I would I would probably go with that one. I get why they have it, but I probably do that one. The one that's been really bugging me recently is, and it does make me laugh, is the players who obviously commit either defensive uh illegal contact or clear pass interference, but then are running off doing the finger wag or the giant arm waft, and they are then so devastated when the penalty is called when they basically decapitated Mike Evans at the top of the round. <laughs> <laughs> so that players doing that stuff doesn't annoy me. But yeah, the, the soft ref calls I, I am struggling with. 
Soft ref calls you need to get in the sea. And let's round it off and round off indeed the show, Ollie, with this final one, which I think is epic. Okay, what needs to get in the sea? When the ring pull comes off a tin and you don't have a tin opener, or when the top film of a hermetically sealed pack doesn't peel back, you pull it and it just rips around the edge. <laughs> means you've got to get a knife, a knife and cut it open. And then you get yeah. What's worse? The tin, the 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 ring pull coming off the tin or the film not coming off the hermetically sealed pack. The hermetically sealed one I deal with more and I is more of a day-to-day irritant because I do usually go with a fork, man, then I rip through the four prongs with the finger. That's kind of how I go. Well, I'll do the jab and swirl situation with the fork. But I did go through a period of my life, I think from maybe 21 to 25, I shit you not, I went through probably a tin opener a week. I would just go to the same reason buy a new one. I did not know how it worked properly and so was forever breaking them and i i i must have gone through 30 odd in a year because they were a pound at sainsbury's local <laughs> and i just buy one every time so if i broke the thing and i had a tin opener, i, I was in for a quid because i would be breaking the tin opener <laughs> i didn't know how to use it until someone showed me how to use it how the hell were you using it I, I was just clamping it on, thinking it was correct, but the way I was clamping it made it, I don't know, too taut. So when I was cranking, I was just snapping the mechanism. <laughs> and the whole thing would just break, and then I would just have it clamped in, and I would rip the top off with just power and having this stuck to it, and then obviously the whole thing would break apart. Did you have like a, where would you say, Tesco, did you say? Little Sainsbury's local, yeah. Oh, Little Sainsbury's. Did you, did you have an Ecto card? Because they must have been looking at your purchases <laughs> and trying points. to think, what, what the hell kind of vouchers do we give this guy? <laughs> We've never ever before printed a tin opener voucher for somebody. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I, I think um, as much as if you the tin pops and, you, and you, you can't open it because you don't have a tin opener, the annoyance of the hermetically sealed packs, which surely should be designed so when you peel them back, they peel back with ease and they yeah. don't. Drives me nuts. That can get in the sea. Ollie, what a show. It felt like classic MCFS just there. This is great. Yeah, it's great. I loved it. I loved it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to get in touch with us for listeners' questions. We're not going to do any this week. We're going to get some backing up so we can have a nice big listeners' questions section next time on MCFS. We know we've got some voice notes in. Again, another one from Jackson out there in Australia, which we will look at next time. But please hit us up. Remember, as I just said, voice notes are welcome. Like we said, we've got one from Jackson again. Please hit us up, mcfsquestions at gmail.com. And of course, you can find me at the underscore Tommy underscore more on Twitter and at Ollie Connolly. Ollie might not respond to you, but I will. So, you know, just get in touch with me. It's fine, isn't it, Ollie? Yeah, I don't go in my mentions. Um, that's something you just do when you when you start writing about things publicly. Just don't go in the mentions. There's, there's, nothing nice is going to be in there. So I just refuse to go in. I love it, Ollie, but who would ever say anything bad about you, handsome, handsome devil? Uh, Anyway, my friend, it's been a great show. I've loved it. We'll be back again next week. Please, as Ollie said, if you found us on the RSS feed, make sure you subscribe, you you rate us, whatever you can do, leave comments. It's all good stuff. We want to hear about it. Please, please get in touch with us, mcfsquestions at gmail.com as well. But now, it's goodbye from Ollie. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Have a great NFL weekend.